episode of 99% Fad Free, the nutrition and health podcast. I'm your host, Tara Leong. I'm a registered nutritionist. I like to bust all sorts of nutrition myths and help you guys to understand the world of nutrition and just break stuff down in easy to understand ways because my gosh, isn't the nutrition world confusing? Oh dear, so much stuff out there to wade through, isn't there? And it's all so conflicting. But luckily, you can put me in your ears and listen to my guests and we can help you to understand nutrition a little bit more and hopefully make it a bit easier. My guest today is the amazing Jono. He's also known as the dietitian because he's a guy and he's a dietitian. There's not many of those around. He's here today to talk about protein. Now, why did I ask Jono to talk about protein? Well, that's because I do follow Jono on Instagram and I see him talk a lot about exercise. He does do a lot of exercise, weightlifting, uh, working out, And I guess it's an interest area of his. So who better to go to than Jono, who can help us to understand a little bit more about protein. Anyway, let's stop yabbering on and get this episode started. Settle in, put your ear pods on, go for a walk, do your workout, um... Put us on your Bluetooth speaker and do your housework, whatever you want to do. But let's learn more about protein. Hi, Jono. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Thank you for having me. I wanted to tell the listeners that you and I have a couple of things in common. Are you ready for the big reveal? Oh, okay. This wasn't this wasn't in the show notes. All right. Yes, I'm ready. <laughs> no, I didn't prep you for this. Yeah. I? Okay, so we're pros pretty into um, nutrition and m- busting some nutrition myths, hey? Okay, yes. That yeah. that was a lot better than I was expecting. Okay. <laughs> we both um enjoy eating donuts in the bathtub. Mm, yes. Yes. And um just a few days ago, I got an undercut just like you. Oh, my I hair. saw that. Yes. Did you? Awesome. I did so it. Cool. They got the clippers out and while they were doing it, I was like, this is just like Jono. Look at that. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. So good. it's long on top, sh- shaved underneath. Yes. Love it. Yeah. So I've joined the undercut club. It's a good club. It's a good well, club. Well, I'm, I'm liking it so far and you're in it. So I've got one buddy. So that's <laughs> good. <laughs> we're growing every day. We're growing every day. <laughs> Yeah. So the reason why I asked to talk to you on the show, Jono, is because you like to bust myths and you're pretty into your exercise, um, working out. And I would love to talk to you about protein because I get lots and lots of questions about protein because it's always everywhere, isn't it? It's always in the media. Do this with protein. Don't do this with protein. And then we've got all the influencers now who are getting sent free products, protein powders. And then so they, you know, they pose on their veranda with their green smoothie and protein added to it. And I get a lot of people saying, do I need to do this? How much Mm. protein do I need? 
Yep. Um, do I need protein at all in the form of a powder? So I thought we could have a chat and possibly answer some of, of those questions. Yeah, perfect. Sounds good. Yeah. So would you be able to start, Jono, with just walking us through what the role of protein is and what it does in the body and how much the average person might need? So protein is very, very important in the body. It does lots and lots of different functions. I guess the most commonly recognized one is its role in just structure. So in your muscles, your bones, your skin, your ligaments. So we've all heard of collagen, which is, you know, conversation for another day, but that collagen mm -hmm. is a protein and that is involved in lots of the structures uh, in the body. Protein uh, regulates fluid, helps regulate fluid balance. Um, it helps build hormones and neurotransmitters like dopamine, serotonin, and those sorts of things. Um, your immune system is built up of protein. So protein is really important for immune function. Um, it transports, you know, vitamins and minerals and things around the body. Um, and sometimes it can also get used as fuel by the body. Um, so it's definitely really, really important. Um, and it's involved in lots and lots of different um, aspects of health and nutrition. And I think that's probably why <laughs> some of the supplement companies have, um, you know, jumped on board because absolutely protein is important and they've maybe taken that concept and run with it a little bit. Mm, um, you're right. Yeah, yeah. And your protein requirements are very dependent on your activity level. So um, if someone is doing a large amount of activity, um, they are going to need a higher amount of protein, mostly due to, I talked about protein being important for structures. When you do lots of exercise, you tend to break down muscle. And so you need extra protein to kind of recover and repair that, um, not bad damage, but just kind of common damage from exercise. Um, and so if you're not exercising, you know, to elite level, um, uh, to the level of an elite athlete, you definitely don't need as much protein as they do. Um, yeah, and I think that that's a common misconception, isn't it? That this um, this phrase gets bandied around that we need more protein or protein is is um, essential. And yes, it is, but we need to take into account that everybody is so different. So I'm under five foot tall, like I'm tiny and I have a balance disorder. So I'm not, I'm not doing 5k runs or I'm not lifting weights in the gym. Jonna, you're a larger, you're male, you're, you're, you're um, taller. Um, and then you are working out. So of course you're going to need very different protein levels to what I do or what even your buddy that goes to the gym with you needs that's standing right next to you. Hey. Yep, definitely. Um, a lot of the uh, recommendations for protein are actually linked to body weight or if you can be even more specific to your lean body mass, so your uh, muscle and bone weight. And that's once again related to the structural kind of job that protein does. So if someone has literally more structures in their body, so if they have more muscle or uh, more bone, you know, they're taller or shorter, um, they're going to need more or less protein based just purely on that as well. So there's like a number of different factors that all influence, um, you know, what the average person or the average person who is an average person, uh, what the, per, what mm. any, every individual needs um, mm. from, from a protein perspective. Mm. And we'll get to some reader questions that have been submitted where we answer, I guess, whether the protein powders are, are important, whether we need them and all of that sort of thing. 
Um, but before that, where did protein shakes come from? They're everywhere, aren't they? <laughs> they uh, are. I'm at, they like, are. I mean, Woolworths sell them now in little packets. They're at Aldi this week, little protein sach- sachets oh for good health, it even says. Yeah. Where did this Where did this protein shake come from? So whey is one of the most common types of protein powders that you can buy. So there's two different proteins in milk. There's whey and there's casein. Um, and when you make cheese, a byproduct of making cheese is you get all this leftover whey protein. Um, mm-hmm. And so it ended up, it used to get thrown down the drain or thrown onto crops or fed back to livestock. And, and then um, I guess they kind of realized, actually, if we kind of do a few extra steps, we can turn mm-hmm. this what is essentially a waste product into a very profitable supplement. Mm. And it, I think as well, it comes from, as we understand more and more about nutrition and we understand the importance of protein as a macronutrient, um, not specifically protein powder, just, you know, protein in general, then once again, they can kind of latch on to, oh, protein is really important for muscle growth. So protein powder is really important for muscle growth when those are actually two different things and so i think yes that's probably what has fueled this um mm. fascination with protein powder and, and and i would say too because back 10 15 years ago we did think that there was this window where once you'd done a workout you had to have the protein within say half an hour to an hour for to to be of any benefit to us So what we were all looking for was an easy way to get a hit of protein after our workout. So we'd go to the gym in the morning and we'd be on our way to work and we could very easily have a protein protein shake and get our protein within that window that we thought we had to get. But as new research has has come out over the, the past few years, it's really showing now that 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 very clo- closed, very narrow window is much broader now, isn't it, Jono? We don't have to have the protein within half an hour of finishing our webs, our our workout, for example. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That window used to be oh five minutes, fifteen minutes. Yes, you know? yeah. Um, Which and, so so it was very impossible for people to race back home and have right, eggs eat, and yeah. and yeah and eat that protein. So that's and so people were turning, understandably, to the protein powder, which is great. Um, and it offered that it filled that need, but research is now showing that we don't particularly need to do that. Mm, the window's more, the window still exists, but it's kind of closer to two to three hours. So definitely, um, if you, you know, that's a long window of time to get to work yeah. and get your, you, you know, your breakfast ready or, or get home from yeah. your session in the afternoon and just naturally flow on and have dinner. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is much easier for people, isn't it? It's much more realistic. Absolutely. And what do you see that that would translate into into the types of protein people would be able to have? It's from, I guess, real food, isn't it, rather than a shake? Yeah, yeah, and and just sort of more complete nutrition from all of the other things that you're going to be getting as part of that meal. You're going to be getting Mm -hmm. vitamins and minerals and fibre and other, other healthful components rather than just pure protein yeah so let's talk about a protein shake what's usually in a protein powder or a protein shake uh so depending on the source probably the the like i mentioned the whey is the most common one um that's Mm. that dairy-based 
um, protein. Uh, and then the next common one would be more of your vegan uh, protein mm-hmm. powder for those people that um, don't consume dairy. And mm. that can is most commonly a pea protein or can be a blend of a few different sorts of proteins, um, like a brown rice and a pea protein. Or um, mm-hmm. I've seen one that has like maca and chia and all mm. manner of different sources of, of plant proteins. But um, mm. you can get other more sort of obscure types of protein powders as well but those would definitely be the main two and does more protein equal more muscle so if I focus really heavily on okay I'm going to up my protein intake because I'm working out every day I'm at the gym I'm going to eat much more protein than I have been before does that just automatically build more muscle no, so I wish um, <laughs> I would have eight protein shakes a day. Um, mm. But unfortunately, uh, there's a few other factors you'd want to consider. If you were under eating protein in relation to your requirements, um, and particularly if you'd gone from eating an adequate amount of protein for not training and then you'd started training, adding more protein in would certainly help you grow muscle. But you also would need to have that in the context of a diet as a whole that promotes gaining muscle because Mm. the best you also need just sort of energy in general so total daily calorie total daily kilojoule energy intake is also very very important uh, because Mm -hmm. building muscle is an energy intensive process it's quite taxing on the body the body it uses up a lot of different resources Um, and so the protein kind of provides the raw materials it provides the bricks to build the house but you then need to provide the energy to actually put that house together so um and that's definitely a a very common misconception i see is um people just increasing their protein intake because they want to gain muscle yeah absolutely and um now that i'm a a mom i see this a lot in the mums groups and then I'm always fed lots of Facebook ads for um, like mummy shakes and mum protein powders to um, yeah. start to get lean and things like that. And um, that's that's a really good point because you can't if you just if you if you're reducing calories, to, your total energy or total calories, but eating more protein, it does it's not going to translate into toning up your abs or toning up your arms. You have to be eating enough calories first. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so we have some reader questions that I posted on Facebook. Thanks, everyone, for for submitting uh, your questions about protein. They were really interesting to read through. But Jean has asked, for the average person, are protein powders even necessary? She says, I'm not training to be elite i'm just staying fit and i don't bother with them and not to mention the cost of them but she says you see them advertised everywhere i get that they would be helpful for bodybuilders and i understand how they supposedly work but i feel it's a bit of a marketing scam for the everyday gym person and she's interested to hear what you say don't know yeah so um when it comes to protein powders for the average person, I have a fairly neutral view, I would say. Um, I think it's important to note that protein powders are not better for 
muscle growth or recovery than normal food. So that's a, mm. I think that's one misunderstanding is that um, they somehow work differently or operate differently. Um, for mm. the most part, food can absolutely do the job. However, there are some times where people struggle to get in enough protein, particularly at certain times of the day. Um, mm-hmm. And if that is um, this person or, you know, a, a listener, then sometimes that would be when we could investigate adding a protein powder to the diet. Mm-hmm. The other things we would investigate would be, could we add a food source to that diet to mm-hmm. help as well? So I guess one common example I see is breakfast time um, can be a, a more difficult time to hit to, to get an adequate amount of protein um, for some people. Um, and yeah. so there have been times where, or, you know, adding, if you're having a smoothie for breakfast, um, adding half a tablespoon of a, I'm sorry, like a, a half a scoop, a, a tablespoon of a protein powder to that smoothie can make mm. it a, a more complete meal. Or maybe yes. if you're having some, you know, oats and fruit and things and you want to, uh, you you've you have exercised in the morning and you're just trying to have a nice complete meal afterwards adding a protein powder in that could be beneficial but in much the same way so could adding yogurt to that meal or having some boiled eggs you know or having yeah. some smoked salmon or some halloumi or having some baked beans on toast so yeah. it really becomes then if the person doesn't like any of those options or you know they're struggling to prep them based on what their morning is like that could be one option where protein powder could be useful, yes. but it's not better or worse. It is just another, you know, uh, potential option for them to add. So if they mm-hmm. are able to eat, uh, eat any of those foods and prep them in, then I would absolutely say that there's no requirement for protein powder whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It can just be a useful tool for some. Absolutely. Um, I think they certainly have their place and I use them sometimes for all of those reasons that you've listed. Um, But I think the marketing around protein powders makes us have this really bad FOMO, this really bad fear of missing out. This, If you're not having a protein powder, you are missing out. And it doesn't necessarily mean that if you're eating some really great, sources of protein um then you're not necessarily missing out uh and that i think that's important for most most people to know but then at the same time if you're finding a protein powder really fits into your day and really helps you then that's fabulous as well we're really lucky to have some really great products on the market now um the next question that i have is from sin Smith and she has actually asked are protein shakes an acceptable breakfast for the time poor um and I'll let you answer that uh Jono in a second but I'd just like to say an acceptable (laughs) breakfast there's no unacceptable breakfast um it's really what fits in with your budget your time your your capabilities in the kitchen um, and you sound sin like you are time poor. So it's great that you are actually trying to think of alternatives to try and manage that that problem that you have. Are they an acceptable breakfast? Um, for me, I use them sometimes for sure on those mornings where it's just bedlam trying to get out the door and you're trying to kind of worry about everyone else and you kind of 
get shoved to the side. So it's sometimes a lot easier to just um, chuck um, something into a container and, and go with a with a, um, a, a shake or a smoothie. Um, and I'll hand over to you to answer that question, Jono. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think sometimes we get a little bit um, paralyzed by trying to do the best thing or the most optimal mm. thing for breakfast or for any meal. Um, and then when we can't do the best, you know, quote unquote, best thing, we do nothing or we do, yeah. we, we go from 100% to 0%. And so yes. um, I think that's really important as well. Is So I'll talk about like, okay, yes, um, we could probably tweak that to make it um, a little bit more uh, supportive of your morning and provide a bit more nutrition. But uh, if, I guess you want to see it on a spectrum in that, you know, if you can't turn that um, protein shake into a smoothie, that doesn't mean that don't have a protein shake, you know, or if you can't get the protein shake, that doesn't mean don't eat, you know, so. Yes, um, yes, yes, yes. Better to have is, a protein shake than go without nothing. Oh, and then abso- be three. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, the only thing I would bring up with that is that most protein shakes don't have the fiber um, or they might have added a little bit. So there is a lot of talk around the fact that protein fills you up but so does fiber and fiber is so important for our health, for our gut health, um, for everything to protect our heart, all of that sort of thing. So if you are only relying on protein shakes for breakfast and then again for lunch, you do have to be mindful of the fact that possibly you might not be having enough fiber. And if you're wanting to fill yourself up, protein shakes aren't necessarily the only option to be able to do that. Try looking at um, things that contain fiber that can also help to fill you up. Yeah. Yeah. I would be, I'd be looking at the, a couple of things jumping out at me at, at just a protein mm-hmm. shake for breakfast, definitely the fiber, <clears throat> pardon me. And so trying to pair that with a protein shake and an apple or a protein shake and a, mm-hmm. well, this time of year, a punnet of strawberries, cause they're finally mm-hmm. coming back and they're, they're cheap and delicious. Um, yes. you know, or if you want to then take that protein shake and if you're a protein powder, sorry. And if you're able to blend it with some, some berries or some milk or some water and some some chia seeds or some hemp seeds or some oats or some other fruit and you know just kind of turn that into a little bit more of a, a solid breakfast to like you said give you more of that that fiber because protein yes. fills you up fiber fills you up but they're kind of better together um yeah than just a piece of vegemite toast plus a protein shake you know that yes. that's fantastic a fantastic option as well yes um my other the other thing I'd just be wary of with just having a scoop of protein for breakfast is just the number of calories. And by that, I mean, it's not many. <laughs> so yeah, um, absolutely. If, if you're having a protein shake, I, I often get asked, is a protein shake a good replacement for a meal? And I would tend mm-hmm. to say no, just because, you know, um, a protein shake is somewhere between 120 to 150 calories. Um, mm-hmm. And your body needs more fuel than that, you know, so if that's, that's how much get the toddler that point, needs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. If, if, yeah. if you can get, if that's all you can get in that moment, that's okay. Or, you know, obviously make the, the best of that situation, but be mindful mm-hmm. of making sure that you're trying to follow that up with something as soon as possible. That is a bit more substantial and a bit more filling because if you had a protein shake for breakfast and a protein mm-hmm. shake for lunch, I dare say the rest of that day is going to 
go downhill pretty quickly because you're just going to be too hungry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And that is just so important. You know, that three o'clock, like you're working, you've had a busy day getting everyone out the door, yourself out the door, you've been to the gym and then by 3 p.m. you've only survived on very little calories what happens is you start to get cranky at the chick next to you typing too loud. Your boss wants something from you and you give them attitude because you just can't cope with the, you know, it's just not possible to be able to keep a lid on everything mm. because your body is screaming out for food and you're fighting that. Um, and then that can, that, that translates into our mood and our mental health and, that's something that I'm quite passionate about, I guess, making people aware of because I do work with a lot of parents and mothers particularly who say, oh, but, you know, by 3 or 4 p.m. I'm screaming at the kids. I'm, I've just got no tolerance. I just want them out of my sight. And mm. I, I do, I look at how much they're eating, not eating enough food. So their brain literally doesn't have any fuel to keep those emotions regulated, to keep a lid on things. Yeah. And actually, that's a, another um, important point. I did mention in the list of things that protein can be used for, that it can be used for fuel by the body. Yes. But it's really as a last resort. It's a very inefficient fuel for your body to use. It much prefers to use carbs or, or and or fats as, as fuel. So yeah. um, protein... And when we talk about... I'll just clarify. When we talk... When John is talking about fuel, he's not talking about fuel to go and do a 5K run. Like he's no. talking about fuel to just walk upstairs and go and make the bed, for your eyes to blink, for you to carry a basket of washing, all those types of things. You need fuel. You need... Otherwise, the cells will just literally just not work. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Like just to, to be a functioning human being, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. um, we need we need some level of fuel and protein does lots of amazing things in the body, but um, fueling your body is not a job it's particularly good at. So we want to be making sure that we're combining um, mm. any source of protein, whether it be food based or powder based with some other foods as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Liz Robinson has sent in a, a great question and she's been told that chocolate milk is just as good as something like a protein shake because it has protein and carbs to replenish. She uses it after a long run. Is it beneficial? Um, uh, funnily enough, it's actually a fairly good option for post uh, a, a difficult training session um, because we're that window we talked about before, even though it's a lot larger than we were once led to believe, it does still exist. And so your body is sort of primed to take up fuel and to use fuel effectively. Um, and then if it's a fuel that is very easy to digest, like chocolate milk, um, mm -hmm. then your body will take it up even quicker. In saying that, it's definitely overkill for almost everybody um, because... The chocolate milk post-training session gets promoted as like, um, you know, rapid recovery or kickstart your recovery um, yeah. and you recover yeah. even quicker. Um, but the reality is, unless you're doing a carnival or a tournament where you've got multiple kind of, you know, you've got an hour break and then you're, you've got another competition and you've got an hour break where you do really need to recover really quickly. If you're mm -hmm. just exercising each day or every second day, your normal meals in between mm -hmm. those training sessions will completely maximize your recovery 
anyhow. Mm. So it's not that it, it doesn't work or that it's not beneficial. Um, and if it's, you know, if it's part of Liz's routine and she loves having it and it fits in with her day, then I would say continue to have it. But I wouldn't necessarily say that anyone who's done a training session should follow it with chocolate milk. Chocolate milk. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I learned about the chocolate milk thing in, in, um, in uni I remember I was like whoa that's pretty cool that's kind of amazing you know that you can just go and get a big m and you're yeah, done <laughs> yeah exactly well, it's even got a high it hydrates as well there's electrolytes in it and it's there sort of it's a, it's a it is quite a a good recovery option but like I said it it's quite overkill for for people that aren't doing you know really more than one hard training session in a day yeah, and so would you say even just a glass of milk would suffice? It doesn't need to have the 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 flavoring and the sugar and the yeah, you know yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah. or or you know um often what I find um is most exercise sessions lead naturally into one of the main meals of the day. You know, they if you're training in the morning, you tend to follow it with breakfast, or if you're mid morning, you you're not too far away from lunch. If you're training in the mm-hmm. afternoon, you're not too far from dinner. You know. I find that often that as long as breakfast, lunch or dinner is falling within a couple of hours of finishing your training session, there's not really any need to, to do anything yes. fancier than that. Because the risk of doing something fancier than that, I guess, is um, that even though we're working out, if we're then trying to cram in all these special um, protein shakes or even things like Gatorade and things like that, that they are adding to our total calories in the day, which is possibly not beneficial for, for most of us. Yeah. And when they're doing it in a way that isn't very satisfying either, you're not chewing, you're True. not swallowing, or, I mean, you're, you're yeah. swallowing hopefully, but you're not yeah. sitting down. It, it's not, t- it doesn't take you very long. You know, you can no. smash these, these drinks and these fluids very, very quickly without chewing. Yeah. And before you know it, um, you've had, you could have potentially had excess calories, which, you know, like you said, yeah. depending on the person is, is it's not necessarily good or bad, but it's yeah. not calories that, sorry, it's calories that are difficult to be mindful of. And that's probably, yes. that's the real risk. Yeah. I don't think I've ever met anyone that like loves chugging down their chocolate protein shake. Like, you know, that most yeah. of them taste good now, but I don't know anyone that, like, gets satisfaction from it or satiety. Yeah. No, <laughs> satiety no. from food is really important. Satiety is that feeling of being satisfied and complete and and going, hmm, that was great. Okay, I'm done now. That was, that was really nice. I got pleasure from that. That was fabulous. Um, and I don't know that um, protein powders particularly provide that for most people. No, and I've I've tried. Maybe you could do lots. a PhD in that. <laughs> oh, if I did a PhD, my wife would leave me. She's um, I've been banned. <laughs> I've been banned from all further study. I think. <laughs> oh, that's fair enough. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I was like, okay, yeah, fair, fair. <laughs> so, could you list maybe some of the top foods that you recommend to some of your clients for after a workout? Um, they could go home and munch on or include into their meals that provide that hit of protein the new like you know the vitamins and the minerals and and things like that yep certainly yeah so um maybe i'll I'll go through maybe meal not meal at a time um 
but sure. you know for breakfast sort of time yeah. um some of your best options are going to be things like eggs um or uh, a greek yogurt um baked beans are fantastic as well um Yum. You know, yeah oh man baked beans are a unsung hero of the nutrition world they are yes high in fiber high in protein um you know lots of vitamins and minerals um, and so, yeah, naturally, like I said, if you've trained in the morning and you're, you're having breakfast an hour or two afterwards and making sure you're including, um, yeah, some eggs, some yogurt, um, some baked beans, you can do like a tofu scramble. Um, yes. You can do, uh, you know, smoked salmon, um, cottage cheese, all of those sorts of things are fantastic options. Or, you know, like we mentioned, um, if you're rushing around in the morning and the best you can do is a banana and a protein shake that's fantastic as well you know that's that's still mm. ticking those those boxes um i love a, then, a, a birch and muesli made the night yes. before so uh, some oats that you just mar- leave in the fridge with some yogurt on top and then you can put some fruit if you like and if you do need lots of protein i guess you could whack some teaspoon of protein powder in there as well yep or looking at even the type of yogurt you're using you know that's where those um it's one of the few times we're seeing protein on a product because there's been a few too many products that just put uh high in protein on it and then Mm. pretend that that makes them um wonderfully nutritious options (laughs) um Mm. like protein cookies and things like that yeah you know those sorts of foods but with the higher protein yogurts i do find them to be very um helpful because they they are high in protein shock um but they do also provide um you know other nutrients and they're very filling you know great source of probiotics um they've got you know calcium so um potentially even someone having a regular yogurt if they if they are struggling to hit their protein across the day then simply swapping that out for a higher protein yogurt rather than feeling the need to get a protein powder could be a, a perfect solution absolutely um and then later and what in the would day, you recommend for lunch yeah like sandwiches and wraps are fantastic you know fill them <laughs> with um like you've got tofu or like chicken breast or you can put some a tin of tuna in there um you know there's mm-hmm. I, I feel like the poor sandwich gets a bad um you know gets bad air time sandwiches are bad for you there They're a i bad did lunch. bring like, i did start i did start to try a movement on instagram bring back the sanger but no oh, one joined me oh really oh all my clients no. get them. So there you go <laughs> <laughs> they, and often they turn around and they go oh this is i this is great i didn't i didn't think i could have a sandwich for lunch you know but yes um, so, yes okay uh vegemite and so i guess why you're liking a sandwich is going back to what you was mentioning is that it's not just the protein that's important it's also that carbohydrate for the fuel and that's what the that's what the sandwich provides absolutely yeah and you know you can get fiber from the bread you can fill it with vegetables so you're getting vitamins and minerals you can put some mm. a slice of cheese on there for calcium like you can really just mm. load it up with um not just just the protein which is is really helpful mm. um and then you know dinner times uh, I, I find dinner to be generally the easiest for people to hit yeah. their protein because you know stir fries curries pastas yes. you know all of those things tend to contain some form of plant or animal-based protein Yes. Yeah. So what about um, plant-based protein powders that are popular? So we've got things like pea protein and, and things like that. Are they are there any differences in the total protein between a plant-based protein and then a, 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 a milk-based protein? 
Yeah, the one thing probably to just be mindful of is the uh, digestibility of that protein. Um, and that's mm -hmm. more related to how effectively your body can digest and absorb and use it. So um, whey is, you might hear the term high quality. Uh, whey is a really high quality protein in that it's digested and absorbed really effectively by the body and utilized really, really well. Um, mm -hmm. As opposed to some plant-based protein powders are not digested and utilized quite as effectively. However, the only thing you really need to do then is have a little bit more. So um, one, what I would say is if you can, if anyone's used a whey protein powder, that normal size scoop gives you about 30 grams. If you're having a plant-based protein powder, I would have about 40 grams. That would be the only real concern, not concern, the only change that I would make just mm. to kind of account for that difference in digestibility. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. So the protein powders um, that are vegan can really play an important role in vegan diets, would you say? Yeah, yeah. There's definitely um, vegan diets can be trickier to hit your total protein target. You absolutely can do it. Um, I do find, though, that if you um, include animal products, you tend to... Um, uh, subconsciously hit your protein target a little bit easier than say someone following a vegan diet. Um, mm -hmm. And that is where um, oftentimes a protein powder can just take the guesswork out of it and can make things mm -hmm. a little bit easier. And also just because coming back to that digestibility of plant-based proteins being a little bit lower, that means that the recommendations for total protein intake for people on a vegan diet tend to just mm -hmm. be a little bit higher to account for that. Mm. Um, and then on top of that, you know, if you're then doing some kind of training, then your protein requirements are even higher. And it can sometimes reach a point where, yeah, look, um, some almond milk, a banana and a scoop of protein powder for a banana smoothie for morning tea is just a simple, easy way to kind of, you know, uh, I guess almost an insurance policy. So mm. that would be um, one other time where, yeah, I would, I would probably lean on protein powder a little bit more heavily. And that's, again, not because it's more effective at muscle growth or recovery or better for you than food. It just can sometimes be a bit simpler and easier to fit into your day. Yeah. And, and you mentioned almond milk. And I'd just like to point out while we're on that, that always have a look at the percentage of almonds that are actually in the almond milks you find in the supermarket because most often what you find is there are only 2% almonds and the rest is water. So there is a common misconception that things like almond milk, oat milk and things like that are a simple replacement for um, um, dairy milk. Yeah. Um, but unfortunately, they don't have anywhere near as much protein. So they're a great option for people who would like a plant based milk but not a source a, a great source of protein no the best i've seen is pea milk is becoming a bit more um mm -hmm. popular uh mm -hmm. like milk is kind of the the name of i guess they decided pea milk didn't sound very appetizing so um, <laughs> <laughs> i think they've called it like milk but um it is it probably is the closest thing i've seen to a plant-based equivalent of dairy milk yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and then I I thought it would be good to talk about the um, myth of protein combining. So f this might be helpful for, for people following a plant-based diet. And, and that is where we once thought that 
if you are eating plant-based sources of protein to get all the essential amino acids that our body needs, plants don't provide that. So you need to combine certain plant-based foods together in the same meal to make sure you get all of those essential amino acids. But we don't need to do that anymore. That myth has been debunked, I guess you could say, and that it's just a matter of making sure you get a wide variety of all of those different amino acids from different plant-based foods that contain protein and make sure you include those really in the day so it can be spaced out and that's fine. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's yeah. That was that was fairly recent actually, I think. I think even when I was, I think I got taught at uni to, yes. um, you know, you have to make sure that you, uh, complementary proteins, I think, was the term. That's that they right. Used. So brown, yes, so yes. rice is low in certain essential amino acids, and beans are low in other amino acids. But when you combine those two foods, that forms a com- complete protein. You know, which is what um, uh, animal-based protein provides, and that's why it is a good source of protein. It provides all of the uh, a wide range of the essential amino acids. But you can certainly do that from plant plant foods as well. And you just need to make sure that you're eating a variety of different plant-based foods that provide protein throughout the day or throughout the week. And then you're ensuring that you're getting all of those essential amino acids, but you don't have to become really, really um, pedantic about it and ensuring that you put all these different combinations of foods together in the same meal. So that might take a little bit of pressure off some people. So that's it for the reader questions. Do you have anything you'd like to add, Jono? Um, no, I think for the most part we've covered it. Oh, did you want to talk about too much protein when people? Yes. 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 Okay, <laughs> cool. let's do that. Okay. So, so Jono, would you be able to talk us through, um, are there any dangers in having too much protein? So this is another little bit of a myth that's out there. Um, we've probably all heard that a high protein intake is bad for your kidneys. That's the one that always pops mm-hmm. up. Um, and where that comes from is if you do have uh, reduced kidney function or kidney disease or anything, almost anything related to the kidneys, then you do need to be very mindful of your protein intake. Um, I would hope that if that is someone listening, they are already talking to their GP um, and a nutrition professional about that. So, um, but for those of us who um, don't have any of those kidney-related issues, there appears to be no negative effects of a high-protein diet on your kidneys. Your kidneys can handle it just fine. They've uh, run studies for very long time, long periods of time, and haven't seen any negatives. In saying that, the risk of having too much protein in your diet is it's the risk of displacing other important foods. Um, So you're filling up completely on protein containing foods, or you're spending all of your energy uh, intake each day on protein containing foods. And to do that, you're reducing your uh, whole grain intake, or you're reducing your fruit and vegetable intake, or maybe you're reducing your intake of healthy fats, you know, nuts, seeds, Mm. avocados, and um, just reducing your, I guess, v- variety in general, because mm. we, we know that, you know, a varied diet is one of the best indicators for health, making sure that you've got a wide variety of, of plant-based and um, various other 
you know, foods. So I would say that would probably be the number one um, potential issue with a high protein diet is just that um, past a certain point, you're not seeing any benefits from, you know, you kind of reach a point of diminishing returns essentially with a higher protein diet. And then you start yeah, so to- So there's only so much our body can actually, um, there's, a, uh, there's a threshold where our body just can't use it. It gets to a point where it goes, okay, I've had, I've got all of this protein in my body. Um, I don't have any use for it. Then what happens to it, Jono? You explain. Yeah. So um, essentially a couple of things happen. Um, mostly it gets uh, converted into uh, something that our body can use as fuel. So it kind of gets um, chopped in half, half of the protein molecule will go and get used as, as fuel. Like I said, though, that process is, is pretty inefficient so the body doesn't like doing that so it's not a great kind of place to be um and then your um kidneys and your liver and your bladder and your nether regions get rid of the rest of it <laughs> so it down the toilet you do you get very yeah. expensive expensive urine so um yeah. like the a, a serve of protein um an adequate serve of protein to um, particularly promote muscle growth or muscle recovery or to promote, you know, all of those natural functions. Um, I always use the analogy of a light switch. So you want to have a large enough serve that you flick that switch on. But once mm -hmm. the light's on, the light's on, right? We can't turn the light any more on. Um, and mm -hmm. so uh, once you've reached that point, having extra protein past that isn't going to provide you with massive amounts of benefits, particularly mm -hmm. if you you know, very much um, exceed that mark. And and so mm. what you want to be doing is you want to be turning that light switch on multiple times throughout the day, but not necessarily overshooting that mark each time that you do. Mm, absolutely. Good lesson there for us. We've looked at protein now and what it does in the body and that Protein powders could actually be useful for some people. So, Jono, could you talk us through how, what to look for when we're shopping for a protein powder? Yeah, so there are a couple of things that I would be paying attention to if you're looking to purchase a protein powder. Um, the first quick and easy one to double check is the amount of protein per serve. So if you have a look at the little nutrition information panel, um, it should tell you what a serve is and that serve should almost always be 30 grams. That's kind of the, seems to be the universal standard for a protein scoop. Um, and ideally you would want over 20 grams of protein per serve. If it's less than that, um, I start to wonder what else is in there taking the place of the protein? Because realistically, at the end of the day, that's the only thing you're looking to gain from your protein powder is protein. The other thing that I would quickly check is the length of the ingredient list. So this is not something that I would recommend doing for food, but for protein powders, we do generally want to try and keep the ingredients list as short and as simple as possible, just because there are a lot of powders out there that just add a bunch of stuff um, a lot of useless things and kind of like i mentioned before the goal is you just want protein powder um, and so what i'd be looking for is the first ingredient to be the source of protein itself whether that be the whey or casein or brown rice or pea protein and then the next thing in the list or the next couple of things in the list are probably going to be something to do with the flavoring of it because 
raw protein powder tastes pretty gross. So you do want some flavoring in there. Um, and then there might be one or two things just to help it mix. So soy lecithin is, is very common um, in tiny, tiny amounts. It just helps it you know, mix when you shake it or put it in a smoothie properly. Uh, the ingredients list of a vegan or plant-based protein powder is going to be a little bit longer because there's generally more than one form of protein in there. Um, but for the most part, outside of like five or six things, you really don't need anything else in that protein powder. There's lots and lots of things out there that promote um, they're high in this vitamin or that, or they've got added this and added that. And I'm always of the mindset of if you want to add extra things to your protein powder or your smoothie, do that yourself. So if you need more vitamin C, throw in some fresh berries. If you need more fiber, chuck in some oats. If you need some healthy fats, put in some peanut butter or some other nuts. Don't rely on the supplement company to put that stuff in there. You guys can uh, do that yourself. Thank you, Jono, for all of your wisdom about all things protein. We might have to get you back for a, a session two and talking about particularly for people who are doing a lot of exercise and working out or might be sports people and maybe some ways to manage protein there in a little more depth. Does that sound all right? Yeah, I'd love that. That sounds great. <laughs> okay, that's good. <laughs> Any more chance to nerd out? I'm, I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> So do you take clients online? I do. Joe? Actually, thanks to our current global situation, that's exclusively mm. what I'm doing currently. So um, yeah, mm. if, if, if people have um, you know, nutrition questions or they want to kind of work on some things together, then yeah, I'd love to hear from you. Mm. Go and follow Jono on Instagram and Facebook and, and all of that sort of thing. I'll put the links in the show notes. What's your Instagram handle? Uh, it's at Jono, J-O-N-O, Steedman, S-T-E-E-D-M-A-N. Just just look for the picture of a guy in a bathtub eating <laughs> donuts. Yep, that'll that'll take you there too. <laughs> then you'll find him and an undercut. Yes, um, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's great. So if you would like any more information to do a session with, with, uh, with Jono, I, I highly recommend that you possibly send him an email and, and see if you can set that up and you can do it from the comfort of your own home. As you can see in here, he's pretty, pretty chilled, pretty relaxed, and he's a, he's a good guy. Actually, he's even called himself now the Gaiatician, and <laughs> I think that's fabulous. How did you come up with that name? Oh, so I didn't. It was, it, was someone, um, it was someone I used to work with who came up with it. Um, oh. And so when, I, <laughs> when um, I was starting to operate as the Gaiatician, I realized, oh, I should probably yes. quickly flick them a message to make sure that they're not going to turn around and go, um, excuse me, I need 20% of uh, everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but they were very gracious. And so, no, I can't claim that name uh, as my that's own creation, good. but I'm happy to, to steal it. Oh, that's good. Thanks thanks for being on the show, Jono. Thanks so much for having me. Jono certainly knows his stuff on protein and I do hope to have him back for a more in-depth look at protein, that's for sure. To recap what we went through, we looked at the fact that protein really is essential for our body, so it helps build all of our tissues, our connective tissues, our muscles, and it's really important for our immune system. But more protein isn't necessarily better for you and having more protein, more protein, more protein doesn't equate to more muscle. It's not as simple as that. 
And really, the more we're having, if our body isn't using it, then we will be just putting it down the toilet. Um. When you are looking for a protein powder, if you're needing one, really look for one that has about 30 grams of protein per serve um, and certainly something over 20 grams as your minimum. Uh, Protein from food is really the best source of protein because with that you're getting all of the vitamins and the minerals and often you're also getting fiber and things like that. So some snacks that are high in protein include nuts and seeds, some yogurt. Um, You can add chicken and tofu and any red meat to your dinners. Uh, And a sanger, a sandwich, Jono said. See, we've got something more in in common, Jono. Um, We both love the sanger, the sandwich. For those of you who are listening that aren't from Australia, in Australia, we call a sandwich a sanger. A sanger. I want a sanger. That, and that's exactly how we say it. So pack a chicken sandwich or pack a um, cheese sandwich with some lettuce on it, you know, or an egg and lettuce sandwich. Delicious. Go for food. I hope you've really enjoyed that episode. If you have, please, it would be wonderful if you could leave a, a review or if you could subscribe and that way then you get notifications of when I release a new episode and that just helps this podcast to actually rank in the search engines and then people will find it and actually listen to it and I won't just be talking into a microphone into a bunch of crickets and silence. (laughs) People might actually find it and listening listen to it. But I do appreciate all the wonderful, wonderful, wonderful Uh, support for the show so far you guys have been amazing and I love getting your messages when you send them through after each episode and go oh I really liked that bit about the blah blah or oh I just sent that to my auntie that episode you know oh it's it's a really great feeling to know that the information is is helping quite a few of you if you have any suggestions send them through email them through or contact me on Facebook. That'd be fabulous. The Nutrition Guru and the Chef. Or I'm also on Instagram as well. The Nutrition Guru and the Chef. But oh my gosh, I'm also on TikTok now. And I do lots of crazy dancing on TikTok. So you have to come and see me on there. And my handle to look for is um, at The Nutrition Guru. So come along, find me. Let's have a chat. All right, that's it for now. Until next time, bye.